All conversations and information exchanged during What If Nothing's Wrong podcast with Heidi Haddad, LCSW, are intended for educational and entertainment purposes only. Please do not confuse this with treatment, therapy, or psychotherapeutic advice or guidance. The information on these podcasts is supplemental and not meant to interfere with the therapeutic work between you and your professional therapist, counselor, or psychiatrist. Please understand that Heidi Haddad does not maintain the role of your psychotherapist, but rather offers an educated, professional perspective from that of a licensed clinical social worker. When your anxiety is crippling and you're stuck inside your head, find your joy, find your joy. When your man won't touch you, but you want to have a baby, find your joy, find your joy. When you're walking down the street and you get punched in the face, find your joy, find your joy. When you want to fire a bazooka at your neighbor's barking dog, find your joy, find your joy. Find your joy, find your joy. Hello, all. Good morning, Heidi. Good morning, Nelsie. Welcome to What If Nothing's Wrong, the podcast that asks the question, what if nothing's wrong? In case you forgot why we the were mental here. health. When you hit play, <laughs> I did play for a minute. Were, what is this podcast? Oh, <laughs> thank God they said oh. something. <laughs> thank God, thank God, because I thought I was listening to Mark Maron. It's funny that's who was in my head too. Well, you know, he's a podcasting icon. I'm Heidi, and that's Nelsie. And we're here to make you chuckle on occasion chuckle. and give you some uh, mental health tips, some mental, some help, some hope, some inspiration, all of the above. Oh, now the pressure's on. Do you know the song, <laughs> Yes, from the soundtrack, Dirty Dancing? Probably. It's very uplifting. Is it? How does it go? There's not a chance in hell I'm singing it right now. <laughs> Damn it. Can you give me a lyric or two? Can you give me just a... Hugging and a squeezing and a dun and dun and dun and all right. Oh, oh yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. We're gonna find a love and it feels so right. Yes. See, you said there's not a chance in hell, and you you Damn jumped you in tricked with both me. Feet, you tricked me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an evil genius. <laughs> oh, you, you guys missed it. She was doing some dancing as well. Right on, sister. Why why do you ask me about yes? We were dancing to it this morning. I have a Neil Sedaka song in my head. Not as upbeat. Well, it's uh, breaking up is hard to do. That is the title of my the song that's stuck that's in my hilarious. head. And is that because that's the topic we're discussing today? That's the to that's the topic we're going to be getting to in just a minute or two. When I did it on last night on Twitter, I wanted to be able to put the song in there because breaking up is hard to do. Hard to do. Now I know, know that it's true. So there's the there's the up tempo and the slow version, right? Cause breaking up is They say that breaking up is hard to do Both Neil Sedaka I don't know that last one you did But I like your head movement You want to hear where I found my joy? I found my joy on an HBO Max show Called Starstruck Starring a New Zealand actress Whose name I do not know But the premise is a 20-something roommates go out on the town. It's New Year's Eve. They have a few drinky drinks. 
she goes home with this guy. She's like, oh, man, high five and her friend. Oh, my God, I slept with him. It was great. Ba, ba, ba. Rose Matafeo. There you go. Rose Matafeo. She's heaven. I love her so much. She's really funny. She's so good in this role. And she sleeps with this guy. And she finds out the next morning while he's still sleeping and she's up snooping around his apartment, she opens up something that looks like a poster. And she sees it's a movie poster. And she realizes he's famous. You know, the saddest part about this is either this has happened many times before or I've seen this and I don't remember. Mm. Ah, that sounds familiar. I don't know what to tell you. It's a fairly new show, so I don't think it's happened many times before. But the idea of, oh, my God, I'm with somebody who's famous after they had sex with them happens all the time. It's constantly. Very cliche. But it's very cute. Oh, yeah, I've seen it. It's very fun. You saw it? You saw it Starstruck? I'm looking... A millennial in London. L- a millennial in London. Two dead end, and I can't even say this. Uh, anyway, just go it's on. fun and smart, and I really like it. And the acting's good, and every episode's only like twenty-two minutes, thirty minutes, whatever. So I watched the entire first season, as opposed to listening to our podcast two nights ago. Yes, yes. <laughs> Yes, as opposed to listening to myself say things I already heard myself say. Uh-huh. I watched, and I loved it, and I recommend it, and it made me really happy. And that's okay. it. All right. All right. And now, now, since All we've right. been to jolly old England in our minds, spot of tea. <laughs> spot, spot of tea. Can we do the last night on Twitter? Let's do last night on Twitter. <laughs> Hopefully nobody with a British accent is listening to this. Oh, yeah. Well, no, we want we want international listeners. We want, come on, we're making fun of ourselves. We're not making fun of them. We're making fun of ourselves. No, I know, but I'm embarrassed is my point. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not worried that they're thinking that we're making fun of them. I'm clear that we are doing a very sad representation. Anyway, we're killing it. Anyway. Anyway, last night on Twitter, I did Breaking Up is Hard to Do, even in the best of circumstances. What's your best or worst breakup story? Any tips for making it easier or more gentle on the soul? Well, what'd you get? What we're going to do here is I'm going to share some things that people said, and then I have some tips myself. And also want to kind of break down when not to stay in a relationship and when to stay in a relationship. Oh, I was. So we could. I mean, this is a conversation we can have. Yeah, but I'm. I'm trying to think about it. my worst or best work breakup story, and I, I had. I, I came to some interesting revelations, which I'll tell you about it later once we get there. What what's what do we got on Twitter, babe? At beer me before you go. Ah, obviously. <laughs> moved from dc to san francisco so my ex-fiance could be with her mom who was undergoing cancer treatment in the bay area then found out she was cheating called her out on it and she then told her whole family and all of our friends that i'd hit her to cover it up don't that look you back. did what that he or they hit her hit her oh so she tells the family that he hit her and that's why they broke up versus they broke up because so what she's covering up it with that, she, he called her out on the cheating, and she then told her whole family and their friends that he 
was abusive. Oh, wow. Well, he dodged a bullet, though, right? I mean, crappy, really horrible, but thank God he didn't marry her. At Sheila K411 wrote, made the hard choice to leave the alcoholic I loved. However, moving out on Valentine's Day was simply a bad choice. <laughs> on the radio, all day long were love songs. Nothing but love songs. It was a very long day. I bet it was. Oh. Why not turn the radio off? Ooh. I mean, just a thought. Mm. Mm. But then sometimes you leave it on because what you really want to do is some really heavy weeping. That's what you really need to do. You need to grieve. Right. So Owen, that she made a choice. Yes. She made a choice to just keep, keep, keep it coming. Keep the sad songs coming. Yeah. The love songs. Right. Because it is about sitting in the grief. Yeah. Yeah. Because as, as Sheila wrote, they made the hard choice to leave. Yeah. So it wasn't an easy, right. I've had enough. Right. I mean, it was they didn't a, leave I had enough, but it was. Because they didn't, it, what I'm hearing is they didn't leave because they didn't love the person anymore, but it was like, I got to right. go. I got to go. Right. Because things aren't anymore. changing. Yeah. Right. That's a hard one. It is. At Goldberg Phil wrote, I had someone break up with me by email. Oof. She said I was feral. I took it as a compliment. <laughs> I was at a barbecue when I got the email and had to read it to everyone. I was so proud. <laughs> That's very funny. <laughs> that you know what? She said I was feral. I'm sorry, this isn't working out. You're feral. Like I like that. I kind of like it. It's yeah. Like, yeah, you're right. And I'm at a barbecue and you're not. So I guess I'm at a barbecue and you're not. I mean, I think that speaks volumes in a way. Yes, obviously he didn't bring her because she texted him unless that she was across the barbecue <laughs> she was he was yard. he was at the condiments and she was over getting a drink and she did she said i'm done you're feral <laughs> I'm, I'm out of here I'm taking my hot dog and i'm peace at doug ohm wrote the best my gf and i mutually decided our relationship had basically stalled and it was time to part we are still good friends it was painful yeah being alone sucked but it was the right thing Excellent. The worst. I'm now in the middle of a divorce from an abusive partner that hit the five-year mark in January. She's fought it every step of the way, e.g. she walked out of our mediation. It's financially advantageous for her and advantageous for her on paying her health care and insurance. Divorces are hard. Oh, Can be really hard. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think probably the percentage of divorces that are fun it's probably a 0.001%. <laughs> probably. And there's always an opportunity to do it in a less vitriolic, litigious way where you can have a mediator. There are all kinds of ways Didn't to do Gwyneth it. Didn't Gwyneth and Chris, what's his name? They did mindful uncoupling. Isn't that what they called it? Yes. They something like it was the uncoupling. Uncouple. Right. That Yes. And also you can have a collaborative divorce. Do you know what that means? I would imagine that the couple collaborates throughout the divorce. So it's a good answer now. So. <laughs> Can you, um, yes, I would, please elaborate on collaborate, please. That each, there are specific attorneys and mediators that specialize in collaborative divorce. And which means that everyone's in the room, that each party has their own attorney. But again, an attorney that specializes in a collaborative divorce setting yeah. and a mediative yeah. Collaborative mediation, and then there is a mediator mm. who is so who's not on either side, be, who's just right in the middle. And there could also right, and there could also be someone who there who is if there are kids involved, 
who is the advocate for the children and and the voice in the room for the children, the voice in the room for each party, the voice in the room anyone, for all parties. Is anyone in the room for the pets? Is anyone representing the pets? Could be. The dogs? But for real, it's a no, really it's lovely, lovely way yeah. to, it could be a really lovely way to create movement where people are wanting to figure out how to transition from being in a home together with their children to or even without children doesn't matter but but children certainly a, makes it a little more complicated and they're right. more they're, and more advantageous to do use that kind of method yeah yeah you're not just separating the house but even that is hard and and so that can be a really loving and compassionate based and that is it's compassionate based theoretically that's what they're trained in to hold the family with compassion. That is so smart. There's a, just a holding of the family in this really loving way that helps people create movement rather than attorneys who are there to win. To win. Exactly. Yeah. And so, and they're going for it. And so I eat when, when families are in a litigious divorce process, the attorney is advising in every which way how the parent or the other person should protect themselves. So it's all about the defense. And and then, obviously, there are some attorneys where it's all about the offense, right, both. Right, Defend, right. keep it secret, keep everything hidden, and go for the jugular. Oh, my God. Which then makes the other person extremely defensive, and it it doesn't serve, and everyone's angry. And I mean, it just, the way the legal system is set up is not set up to help people. It's set up to tear others down yeah. in some ways, yeah. at least in and, this and And usually, when you, go into, when you go adversarially, the person with the most money tends to win because they have the more powerful lawyer and they that that usually is the way it it lands the person with the money wins which happens a and lot of for those people who settings total right for sure and for those who don't have money at all either party they're forced to try to navigate this themselves and they don't know how and what they're allowed to do. And when their kids involved, are they allowed to have access to their kids? Are they allowed to withhold visits from the other parent? Are they, which they're not. And how do they navigate that? And then if there's abuse or trauma or anything else that's involved, how do they navigate that? And they, everyone needs an advocate. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone needs an advocate that is thinking about the kids that's thinking about the kids that's thinking about the kids. Right. Did versus thinking kids? about being right. Thinking about being right and thinking about right. winning. I look I wanna, Or I want the kids. I want to keep the kids. Yeah. Period. Yeah. When I look back at and my parents' divorces, which was basically a glamour don't for how to divorce. I mean, they did not really handle it great. Um, they, it was just about winning and being right and who whose fault the divorce was. And, you know, it was a lot of blame and a lot of anger and um, a lot of name calling. And to be fair, I think my dad was much more the name caller than my mom. And um, yeah, it was just didn't handle it well. Didn't handle it well. And I was the object of a custody battle when I was 13. And that was not fun to have my parents, you know, battling over me and um, sitting in, in a courtroom when I was three and being asked questions by the judge when I was 13, rather. When you were three. When I was three, yeah. I said, goo goo gaga. <laughs> oh, uh, 13, and the judge is asking me, um, Nel Nelsie, what would you do if you were at your father's apartment and he was at work and an Amazon 
came to the door and tried to force their way in. Now, for those of you who don't know, an Amazon is a female warrior. I think, I think South American female warrior tribe where I believe the myth is or the reality is they would cut off one breast so they could be better marksmen with a bow and arrow. So I'm not sure why he went for Amazon, why there was an Amazon at the door. But that is exactly the question he asked me. And I said, well, judge, I would probably do exactly the th same thing I would do if I was at my mom's house and she was at school and an Amazon came to the door. So that's my big moment that I remember. And my mom got custody and, you know, um, just, you know, adversary, just con it continued to be adversarial for years, for literally years. Um, so they didn't, they, there was no collaborative divorce in those days. There was just, there wasn't, they didn't have that in the days. No. And they, and they were the just, it was just cluelessness. At Lozina69 wrote, I took magic mushrooms with my old boyfriend. <laughs> I saw him in a totally different light and the feeling never went away. We broke up shortly after. <laughs> You know what? Fair enough. Wow. Fair enough. Wow. <laughs> Good for you for being open. And then you think, what if she hadn't when taken, you're what on if they your hadn't trip? taken mushrooms together? <laughs> I mean, it probably eventually would have come out in some other way. Yeah, I guess you're right. I guess you're right. That's, yeah. wow. But cool. Good for you, Laws, for being open on your trip to figure, to seeing all that was revealed. Wow. Picking it up. So that was that. At Just a Dad 2020 wrote, break up from marriage or girlfriends, not that hard, but one from a friend you, you in you're in love with, that's much harder. However, it was the reason I woke up and started to think on what was most important to humanity, and that's empathy. Love is like a ring. It has no end. Ah. So th this person asleep? thinks that they were saying that breaking up with a girlfriend or a spouse is one thing, but breaking up with a friend that you're in love with. Do, are you getting from that 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 it wasn't reciprocal. They were friends, but one was in love and the other one wasn't. Is that yes, what you're because otherwise I imagine they would have been together. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. Uh-huh. All right. Rise up light. <laughs> Rise up lights. <laughs> Rise up lights. I forgot. What was... Wasn't razor blade supposed to represent like what's up or something? What was it supposed to say? Because now when I hear it, all I hear is razor blades and it's supposed to be saying Rise something up else. Rise up lights. Rise up lights. When you, oh, if you say up rise lights. up lights, it sounds like you're trying to say razor blades with an with an Australian accent. Rise up lights. Ah, uh, I <laughs> I forgot, and I <laughs> and I thank you so much because I kept saying like, why do we keep saying razor blades? What, what's it supposed to mean? <laughs> rise up lights. Rise it up means lights. nothing. It rise means up nothing. lights. Rise up lights. Rise up lights. Rise up lights. Okay, sorry. Um, at Agent Co. 925 wrote, my, my life, my wife left on March 8th, 2020, right before COVID stopped everything. The timing couldn't have been perfect with a little gif of lucky. So is that sarcasm or real? Are they really happy that the wife I, left then? I think that they're happy. Mm. I think they're happy. Oh, well, I guess go. I don't know. It could be sarcasm. Unclear. Unclear. At Solo... Media G wrote, my last girlfriend broke up with me over Skype and it was all I could do not to jump for joy. On a previous call, I was going to tell her we should see other people, but my date canceled in the middle of it. <laughs> Slow, but she got there. <laughs> ba -dum -bum. All right. Oh. Here's my 
well, I, I have a couple more, but here's one from at Whispering Hope. Does hastily picking up two kids, a kitten, and as many possessions as possible and fleeing a monster who would make Satan look kind-hearted count? Wow. Yes. That totally yes, counts. Wait, what did they have to pick up? I want the list again of everything they had to pick up. Two kids, a kitten. Packing up two kids, a kitten, and as many possessions as possible. Wow. Boom. Gone. Then fleeing the monster. Wow. At Sean O'Reilly wrote, we grew so complacent with one another that we began to resent the other but couldn't just break up. Dragged it out to annoy and nitpick the other and kept a scoreboard between us of the things the other did. It just clicked and we didn't even break up. Just stopped speaking. Wow. <laughs> so avoidance. I'm guessing they weren't living this is together. <laughs> the definition of avoidance. Yeah. Man. I guess you're right. Good point. Excellent point. Um, and then at Sean O'Reilly wrote, honestly, it was the best change to my mental health I could have made in my late twenties. Wow. Good for you at Sean O'Reilly. True that. True that. When I moved to New York, just before I went to move to New York, I fell in love and with a guy who was a lovely guy and, and we met in April and I already knew I was going, moving to New York to go to acting school and we were together all the time and blah, blah, blah. And, but I was moving. And so he followed me and he moved to New York and I was not, and he was 12 years older than me. So he was serious in a way that I wasn't prepared to be serious. I was 22. And so after he moved to New York and was living with me, I broke up with him. I felt really bad. I felt bad about it for 10 years to the point where like I wanted to find and by the way after we broke up he started dating someone named Fern and they got married and had a kid and they're happily living in upstate New York and I carried the guilt around for quite a long time so yeah it's hard it's hard when somebody moves across the country for you but but it's not your responsibility and everything works out the way it's supposed yeah, to work out so absolutely it's, not, it's just not your responsibility to stay with someone just because yes because he was ready to get yeah anyway moving on that was my big, that was the one where I felt really like I was a bad person for a long time. Even, and he, yeah. he'd moved on. <laughs> I was still feeling bad. Right. So. right. Which is something that you've worked out with your therapist at this point, correct? No, I'm just wondering if you and I can talk later after we finish recording. <laughs> <laughs> Want to get into it now? <laughs> no, no, I've, I've moved on. I can appreciate that you felt bad and the fact that you know that he moved on and, and is happily married to someone else. It's again, it's still just not your responsibility. Yeah. Better that you broke up with him than stayed oh. with him because he, he had moved to New York. Yeah, absolutely. That would not have been good. And been like, why, why are you, what do you like about this guy? Well, he moved to New York for me. Yeah. And oh, he yeah, was a really nice guy. He was a nice guy. The nice guy who moved to New York for me. I, ha I can't go. Yeah. He's really well, nice. I'm in it. I'm He's in nice. it forever he really until likes he decides. He likes until me. Until he decides he wants to leave, right. I will stay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. At, at a Jelly Electric, our old friend and 9FM wrote, best breakup. My college girlfriend and I broke up amicably before graduation. Years later, she opened up a restaurant in Joshua Tree with her talented wife, who is the chef. My wife and I had lunch there with, with them a few times. We all had a delightful time. Delicious food. Nice. That's how it's done. At Skyrider 36, she was kind and considerate when she broke it off. I was young. She was four years older. Out of my league, but in my universe, and that was enough for me. Friends for over 20 years, and then the silly girl fell in love with me. 
a perfect mate, a beautiful marriage, my best friend. Oh, that's so sweet. Oh my god. Really? That is <laughs> that got me. That really got me. <laughs> no, it's that sweet. is so damn cute. I feel like oh, I, I want them on the writer. show. I want them to come on the show and talk about that's a that's a friggin' rom com. Am I right? That's a that's like a Am I right? Am I right? I mean, do you hear me? Am I right? <laughs> <laughs> right. Who are you? Am I right? Give it to me. Give everybody give it to me. <laughs> At W.C. Jackson, too, wrote, when possible, avoid the past. There are way too many roads not taken or totally taken to get lost in. Use music to stay in the present. Love, like a nasty rash, comes to everyone. <laughs> There's a song lyric for you. Love, like a, like a nasty rash. <laughs> That's going to be the title of my book, Love, Like a Nasty Rash. <laughs> Or just as a directive, love like a nasty rag. Do it. <laughs> right. That's how you should love. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> At C underscore Belcourt 92 wrote, just casually stroll through the grief process with, an, with some Sauvignon Blanc and Cool Whip. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just picturing somebody with like glass of wine and just a spoon going right into the cool whip <laughs> a little bit of cool whip sounds disgusting little, to me so but disgusting. I, I can appreciate i appreciate it uh at jerry burpee wrote does using comic sans in the email count <laughs> i think yeah i think you want to choose your font wisely i think i do really you know it makes all the difference mm, you don't want to go for a times new roman it's too serious you know i think go to for comic comic sans i don't know if this is how i'm gonna end why i want to end it this way it just happens to be the last one but it says at lording it wrote according to dateline in the united states you just gotta kill him if you don't agree this is not the right way to deal with disagreements who knew <laughs> According to Dateline, yeah. Mm -hmm. According yeah. to Dateline, in the United States, just doesn't I'm a Maddie guy. Yeah, it just doesn't it didn't work out. What'd you do? Killed him. Yeah. Killed him. Yeah. Well, it happens. Sadly, it happens. All right. So, can we do like a, the top ten reasons why not to stay in a relationship? Oh, that's good. Yeah. Go, baby. All right. I, I I'm sensing you've organized them. Do I have six? Okay. Well, we I'll see if I can more. add to them. I'm. I'll come up with four more. If we can't, then it'll become the top six reasons. <laughs> <laughs> Don't stay in a relationship for the children. Mm -hmm. That should be the number one. Mm -hmm. Do not stay in relationship for the children. Mm -hmm. Do not stay in relationship out of guilt. Mm. Like she's I too old bad. and is ready to have babies and so i can't leave because i should have left years ago when she when she was not ready to have babies and now she's too old to find someone else and make babies with that person yeah and they moved to new york for me so i can't right yeah mm -hmm. but you did so that didn't stop you but yes uh because you feel responsible mm -hmm. somehow it's your responsibility to stay in the relationship and uh be out of a out of fear they'll hurt themselves Ooh. That is when really your it. partner is suffering from depression and says, I can't, or just you're afraid to leave them alone. Mm -hmm. And even though you're miserable. So how do you, ha let's just, let's pause there for a minute, if we might, because okay. I feel like that's a pretty big thing, right? To go, okay, if you've got somebody who is suffering from depression to the extent that they're 
suicidal, um, talking about killing themselves, talking about hurting themselves. Um, and even if they're not, but they're so depressed that you're, you're you worried fear that they would, that this would throw them over the edge and they suddenly become suicidal. Yeah. Go ahead. Well, I don't know. I mean, I guess it's, it, so if I came you, I, I can't, if I came you, I came you, <laughs> if I came to you and uh-huh. said that as a, as a client, I, I would leave, but you, you know, he's so depressed. I'm afraid and I'm, I'm afraid he might do something, but I'm so unhappy. Would, what would you say to me? I would say me? in the most gentle, the gentlest way possible, it's not your responsibility. It's not your responsibility. So, I mean, there are ways, let me, okay, let me back up. First, it would be, does this, does your partner have a support network? No. Does, okay, does your partner have access to resources? No. Here are some resources. Yeah. Right? Here's the reality. If someone is so depressed or isn't able to hear you say, I'm unhappy, mm-hmm. because, or they say, whatever they say that you're just, the truth is, is that people often aren't telling their partner that they're so unhappy yeah. To yeah. even because they're so afraid that of what what's going to happen. Right. So they keep it to themselves. Yeah. You can only do so much. You do your due diligence. I'm... I may sound dispassionate right now, and I don't mean it that way. I'm saying it with love and kindness. But the truth is, is that someone else, someone else has to be able to take some level of responsibility right. for where they're at. And when they're in a very depressive state, they may not be able to, and that's fair. Right. But there are resources that we can call yeah. so that it's not just on us. Yeah. And whether it's that person has family or friends or other people to call, maybe, and maybe they don't then there are services to call and to get them hooked up. And it's, you cannot stay in the relationship for fear while they're in a miserable state for fear that they're going to hurt themselves. Right. Because the alternative is that you remain in this, in this relationship out of fear and you're unhappy and, and you're some, in some weird way, you're enabling your partner, right? Because you're like, well, I'm not leaving because, you know, Maybe if you leave, then they have to make some change. I mean, they might or might not, but that's not. not, It's just not your responsibility. You can't make it your responsibility. You can do everything you can to help and try to set up something and then, but recognizing that you're doing your part and then it's okay to leave Uh, because you don't think you'll get someone better. Don't stay because you're afraid you won't find anyone better, someone who's going to make, whether it's. Nobody's going to make me laugh like that person or no one's going to make love to me like that person or no one's going to make me dinner like that person. So I can't leave. Well, so right. But if they're scoring high in the sex, food and laughter department. Yeah. Not that they all, not that they do all those things. Okay. Okay. Because even if they do all of those things, but they're, they're abusive in other ways or mean or I don't know then is it worth it which leads me to shitty or abusive or yeah well within that actually it's the number six is because you don't believe you deserve happiness yeah so don't stay because you don't think you deserve happiness because you do do you have a seven eight nine and ten and you don't stay because if you leave you think you've failed oh good one I'm killing it right survey says I'm channeling. <laughs> I'm channeling. Okay. So on the conversely, stay because the good outweighs the terrible. Stay because you're both willing to do the work to figure out whatever it is you need to figure out so that you can create movement in your relationship and grow together. 
and trust that you'll leave when it's when it's time. So don't beat yourself up for it. If you're listening to this or you're in a relationship that doesn't feel good to you and you're thinking, yeah, I don't want, I'm not, I'm staying for all these reasons, but I still can't walk out the door. That's okay. When you're ready to walk out the door and when you're ready to make a change, you'll make the change and not a second before. Yeah. So we have 10 reasons not to stay and two reasons to stay. (laughs) Because it's that simple. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's that simple. You're happy and things are working. It feels good. Yeah. So you're staying. If, if you're in your head going, I'm not happy, I'm not happy, I'm not happy, but cha-cha-cha, and you make a list, and the list on the pro side is so big, and those outweigh the thing, the grievances you have or right. the pro- challenges you have, yeah. then stay. Yeah. But if you're feeling that the grievances, even if it's one grievance to a thousand positives, yeah. that one grievance may outweigh the positives. S- Only you know the answer. I heard somebody say once, uh, somebody was sort of, really uh, struggling with knowing when to leave and not being able to leave and all of that. And um, this person said, you'll know when it's time to leave because you'll be walking out the door. And I thought that was kind of Didn't a cool. did we talk about that? What? Didn't we talk about oh, this? We might have. That we might have, right? Because you're just, it's like, oh, you don't have to think about it. whatever. That straw breaks that camel's back and you're like grabbing the kids and the kitten and all you can and you're gone. And right. I mean, obviously, if you're in danger, you you need to get out. Right, and then there's that. Sure, right, yeah. sure, sure, sure. I think we did talk about this because we talked about there are resources out there and places that you can go that are safe yeah. for you yeah. if you're in danger. Absolutely. And there are numbers you can call to reach out, and there are ways to connect to get help. Yeah. I recently, you'll appreciate this actually, I recently was exposed to this book. I can't remember if I told you about the book, but either way, I was recently exposed to this book that one chapter of it, I was telling someone this, that one chapter is called Communication is Overrated. Interesting. And somebody wrote, my friend said, that's hilarious. She's like, that's the, like, she's like, if ever there was a book to be written <laughs> that is not like in in uh, congruence with you, Heidi, yeah. is communication is overrated. overrated. <laughs> yeah. The exact opposite of communicate, communicate, communicate. Yeah. Did we talk about this at no, all? No, no. I'm fascinated. There, I'm fascinated what the what the angle is on that. The angle of this book, sadly, is that marriage counselors, therapists, try to not, don't want to help you fix your marriage and but relationship coaches do and a relationship coach will help you. It's this is book. Sorry. This book is for women uh-huh. only uh-huh. and it's it the it's I don't even want to name it, but it's called the empowered wife, six surprising secrets for attracting your husband's time, attention and affection. And the idea is, and I can't believe I'm even giving this airtime. The idea is that if you take responsibility for the things that you want, and the idea also being that you're a nag and you're critical of your husband for not doing the things that he's right. supposed to be right. doing. Right. That's the, the premise. That's what we're that's right. our jumping off point. Right. And so if you take responsibility for the things that you want done or how to do what you need to do and not, you know, be at your husband's beck and call, then which is good. That part is good. Yeah. You should take, take responsibility for your stuff and for what you want in your life. 
But if you do that, the outcome will be that your husband will suddenly feel free to see you the way that he once did and fall back in love with you and then will start to do the things that he's been negligent about. And all, and not even negligent, but all the things that you want him to do, instead of asking him to do it, you just take a step back and don't do anything. And he'll say, oh my God, look at her. Yeah. She's hot. She looks amazing. Right. I'm going to go mow the lawn. <laughs> <laughs> so while you're not nagging, you're also... Uh, Wearing high heels and yeah, you're, and you've, you've just come back from spin class and you're, (laughs) I don't know all that, but just, it just, just by virtue of the fact that you're not nagging and you have energetically taken a step back, will give the man, your man, some space to see you again, the way you once were. (laughs) The way you once were, but once you got married, you just became... You became nothing but a nag, nagging, a nagging, unhappy person. person with your arms crossed waiting for them to just disappoint you. I mean, honestly, this book is written, it, it's, it's, it's written in the same voice, at first, in, insanely disparaging to all mental health counselors, therapists. Wow. It's all, I, I said to the person who's reading the book, I said, why, why do a therapist have to be disparaged? If she has something she wants to say right. about what she can do as a coach, say yeah. what you need to say. Yeah. Why do you have to say that therapists don't yeah. know what they're talking about and that they're out to hurt you? Because it's also saying, don't go see a therapist because they will not help you in your marriage. Right. Which and I'm guessing that she's her, the, the, the belief behind writer. that is of course they're not going to help you because if they help you, then you leave and they're not going to make money anymore. I mean, is that? Oh, that's the other thing. Right. Ninety. I think it's 95% of divorces happen because of the women. So if the women were happy and I, please, if the women were happy and figured their stuff out, then they would um, not ask for a divorce. It's not the men asking for divorce. It's not men doing it. It's, it's absolutely women and it's women's responsibility because they are the powerhouse in the relationship and they are the ones that they're the ones that wanted to get married. They're the ones that always want want to be a bride, walk down the aisle and do the whole thing. Which is, and so Oh my god, where what is her name? And can, do I have her phone Nelsie, number? I know. Oh my god. I know. Like, it was rough. Uh, I mean, it what really decade rough. is it? It's very like Helen Gurley Brown. It's very like Cosmo circa 1978. Or no, 50s. 50s. But I remember when I mean, Helen Gurley Brown, if you guys don't know who she is, she was the editor-in-chief of Cosmopolitan, and she wrote she wrote a pretty famous book, which I can't remember the name of it, but her whole thing is if if the guy you're dating likes to fly fish, learn to fly fish. If he likes, you know, whatever, you so know. The, so the positive part about this one is that it's not telling you to do that. It's okay if you don't want to fly fish. Just go do what you need to do and let him do fly fishing because that's what he needs to do. Right. And yeah, it, it's presupposing so many old fashioned ideas. Like Doug so much wanted to get married more than I wanted to get married. Like that wasn't important. You know what I mean? It's like just this idea that it, it's casting us in that role. It's casting women in the role. Of, I want to get married and I want to be pretty and I want to be a bride and, and you need to do this, that, and the other. And how do I make my husband do this and that? And so if I can't make him do it by nagging him, I just pull back my energy. Some manipulation. Exactly. I mean, it's so crazy. This is, wait, one line is, it's not just sex that gives us power. 
Men are driven to please women, to make them happy. Men feel successful as partners when their wives or girlfriends are happy and smiling. So then we don't need your book. They not only want then to we do don't need your book and your manipulation. If men are driven in that way, then why do we need to buy a book to figure out how to get them to do that? If that's if they're already driven that way. Most men are not commit are not commitment phobic, but they seem that way to women who don't know how to use their power. I hate her. Do you want to throw up? It's just, it's so, because it's so old fashioned and it continues, instead of it being about compassion, it's, it, it, it's. Or about partnership and working together. Partnership. It's all about us versus them it's, and it's really... how different we are versus, you know, we're humans and we all want love and we all want understanding and we all want to be heard. So apparently what happened with this woman is that before she wrote this book is that she was married for six to eight years was on the brink of divorce she was she was ready to leave because she was a nag and he wasn't doing what she wanted and then before she left she went to talk to a bunch of her girlfriends who had been married for a lot longer and asked them what the secret was to staying married and what she gathered was this what what came out of this book and now she is that's period that's it that's her that's her base. And she's happily married. And that's now she's really, still married. Yeah. And they don't have conversations about anything. <laughs> we never talk. And that's how it got. That's that's why we get along. That's why we're so and happy. That's, and it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. I hate to say this. When you watch some of these politicians who are in support of things that don't really make sense, like abortion rights, or when Justice Brown was going through the process and the people were saying, and she doesn't even know what a woman is. You know, she can't, if she can't define what a woman is, then obviously she shouldn't be a justice. Ba 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 ba. That kind of thing where it's a clearly missing yeah, the mark. Missing the clearly point. Clearly missing the point. And yet that's what they'd say. And they just sound so yeah. ignorant. Just so ignorant. And that's what this reminds book us of. Sounds like. And it makes me angry besides my feelings about this person but it makes me angry because again there's no reason to disparage therapists and i don't feel personally offended for the record i just think that for people who are reading it who then think oh, i was going to go see a therapist but i guess i don't need to see that and they're going to tell me to get out of my marriage when i don't want to so i'm going to go see this person instead whenever you're demonizing a whole group you're off the mark and if you're demonizing to make yourself look good also you're off the mark and also to be demonizing a whole group of people who are in the business of helping people and right. helping people be happy and ha helping people find their joy and helping people um, trust themselves. Great movement in their I lives, mean, it's, right. It's you don't need to go historical. You don't need to look at your past to understand why you're in this marriage. Just zip it up, take care of your stuff, and your husband will fall in line. Also, obviously, it doesn't speak to any other relationship besides hetero normative yeah. ones yeah. or not normative but heterosexual let's say um all right last thing about this breakup stuff because this that book was a sorry i even gave it that much airtime how to break up communicate with kindness mm -hmm. right if you're gonna break up with someone we talked about this with just don't send them a text don't do it like just say what you need to say and say it by owning your own feelings mm -hmm. not you're a terrible person and therefore I have to leave you. It's just, I'm not happy. Yeah. So I'm leaving. Yeah. Say what you mean. Mean what you say, but don't say it meanly. How's that? Right. There you go. There you go. But it does, it, yeah, say what you mean and, and, and say it in a kind way. You can be honest and, and kind. Right. 
Exactly. You know? Do you have any other tips for how to break up with someone? Uh, my only tip would be once you do it, don't um, don't feel guilty about it for 10 years. That's all I would say. Maybe not even for 10 days. But again, if you do it with the most amount of kindness, it's not your responsibility yeah. to take care of this person. You're recognizing that you're not happy. You don't, nobody gets married with the intention of getting divorced. Nobody says, nobody gets involved in a relationship knowing that they're planning to break up. Yeah. You do it, you're in it, and then something happens and you decide that you don't want to be with this person for whatever reason. Even if, even if you engage in the relationship, start up with someone thinking, I'm not sure how I feel, but you still do it. And then you then later said, I knew I really didn't want it. You didn't really, because then you wouldn't. Right, so right. there was a question mark. And so you jumped in and you did it. And then you found out or figured out that that wasn't what you wanted. And so you made a different choice. Okay. Right, right. And better you do that than staying mm. in a situation for either one of you that, that isn't happy. And when it comes to kids, your kids don't want uh, this relationship. They don't want this to be their model. I have a friend that's been on the verge of leaving her husband for so long. And she kept waiting for the, you know, their child to get older. And to the point where, the, like, I would go look at apartments with her because she was ready and blah, blah, blah. And, and so it was such a bad toxic toxic that's too that's over the top but it was so clear that she wasn't happy that the child was saying mom go you can right. go and right. as far as i know i believe they're still together and um i don't think it was a great model for their child of course not listen divorce is hard on kids separation is hard on kids Kids having to move back and forth between homes is hard on the kids. Nobody's going to say otherwise. However, staying together for the kids is not really right it's when not the you're best not happy. And even if you're in an amicable situation, stay, I mean, maybe that's not so bad as long as you can be honest. If you can both maybe even date, if you're interested in dating someone else and be living in the house together and showing your kids. That we're staying together because we want to keep this family together and we both love you, and but we don't want to be together, so we are seeing other people. Okay, if you can do that in the most conscious, thoughtful, loving way, great. Yeah. Everyone's taking care of themselves and nobody's getting hurt. Great. Wow. And the kids get to not have to move around. And the kids are Best like, case huh. scenario, it's not likely. That's yeah, like that a fantasy. sounds really like, yeah. That sounds like the, the that sounds like fodder for a nice memoir that the kids gonna write, <laughs> or one of the like a great show that Nelsie can say you know it brings me joy. I watch the show about a family <laughs> where they're still married, but they they're dating other people, um, and they have five kids, and everyone's one big happy mm -hmm. family. Yeah, eight is enough. So listen, yes, I want to tell you that um, I heard that uh, Britney Spears is pregnant. No. And here's the headline: Jamie Lynn breaks the ranks to like the baby to like the baby post as the family stays silent. Uh, well, I'm glad this wow. made the news. Wow, this wow. made the news. Wow. Well, you know what else made the news is that. Um, wait, go, wait, wait, wait! Go. Before you go there, I want to say, I want to say this though. Even though I'm I'm making fun of that in a little way, the other part of it is that it is really hard. When a family is disconnected for someone to, quote, break ranks, which I hear a lot about that, too. People stay aligned with 
a particular side, like in divorce, or even if it's not divorce, even if it's a kid who has left the family, that the- Even if it's a pop star that was being held captive and finally got freed and now gets to become pregnant because they're no longer telling her that she has to use birth control. Also, that is really hard to leave the team, whatever the team is, good, bad, or otherwise, to leave the team because you're going to be in trouble for talking to the other side. And if it's a kid who is sided with one parent, but actually really misses the other parent, and it wasn't their grief, right? It wasn't their grievance. It was some. It was the parent's grievance, but then the kid's like, can I talk to the other parent? And so they kind of do a side thing. Or if it's siblings, if you're Everyone's not talking to one sibling, but you want to, can you? It's a hard place to be. And the answer is yes. You need to do what you need to do for yourself. Yes, you can. And right on, Jamie Lynn. And and what kind of, it, it's so um, immature and hurtful. I mean, right? It's like. Well, it's unconscious, it's, right? It's like I mean, you're there's, in, there's all kinds. But of, it's like you're in fifth grade. It's like you're in fifth grade. Like, oh, no, we're not talking to Julie anymore. It's complicated. Yeah. Did you want to tell me something? Just that I feel lucky that despite all the stuff that went down in my family, which was perhaps not ideal, is that not that not that I haven't had rocky times with both my brothers, but somehow we've we've really all we've been we've always been on the same team, you know, for the most part. And that's I just feel so lucky because I think that a lot of times there are huge rifts with siblings and having my siblings just knowing that my brothers are that they have my back and vice versa it's nice is huge real huge. nice i'm happy for britney when the free britney thing was all over the place i was following her on instagram and i, I feel she she feels What's happening right now a little unstable to me oh my god okay <laughs> what if nothing's wrong <laughs> thank you for listening <laughs> Rate, review, and subscribe. You see how she dismisses me. I don't know what's. I, I'm pointing to my me? vagina like you do. She's pointing down. Rate, review, and subscribe. And tell your friends, and uh, we'll see you next time. And what if nothing's That's wrong? That's true. Bye. Breaks a weed and your kids hallucinating. Find your joy, find your joy. When you stick your dick in scampy, when your dog likes Jeffy.